0: Good morning everybody and welcome to Hillhead wherever we are and however our past week has been it's good to be able to be together. As you can see Anne and Brian aren't with us this morning and they will be away again next Sunday as they are having a very well-earned holiday. It doesn't actually quite start until the middle of the week but they will be off for two Sundays. So can I please ask you if you would normally contact Anne about anything in the next week and a half, please don't. Uh, Contact me instead and I'll do my best to sort it out. It's really important that when people have their breaks, they have their breaks. Hopefully, taking part this morning will be Benjamin and Bardia who are going to lead us in the Lord's Prayer and Nikan and Freya who are going to read for us. Uh, Sorry, I'm just juggling letting people in, as is Katrina, and um, Jean will be lighting our candle for us when we get to that point. I'm just giving you formal notice of our AGM and church meeting, which will be held on Sunday the 11th of September, immediately after morning worship. That's Sunday the 11th of September. Immediately after morning worship, obviously that will be a hybrid meeting, but it's really important that as many members, especially as possible, take part in that because there are important matters upon which to vote. We have a message from Anne regarding bank accounts. We're asked to look out for an email from her this coming week, giving them details of a new church bank account. We have had to change the current account, which is the one to which we all pay our offerings, and the new details for that will be in Anne's email. So if you're somebody who actually isn't doing offerings by um, direct debit or standing order or backs or whatever, here's an opportunity to join in if you would like to. But again, if you've got any queries on any of that, please contact me because Anne is away. Maybe if it's a really technical thing, contact Alistair because he, he's the one who's um, looking after this bank account. And we know it works because he had to pay me some money yesterday and it worked perfectly. <laughs> a little bit of family news. Obviously, a lot of people are taking an opportunity to be away. It's probably the last or one but last Sunday. People can hop off somewhere, even though schools are now back. You may have noticed, if you're eagle-eyed, that the last few weeks we've been being joined on Zoom by um, a couple, by Diane and Nigel. Diane is a retired Baptist minister who trained with me a long time ago and they're in the process of moving to Scotland from Wales. And I know some of the people on Zoom have had a chance to chat with Diane, particularly over the last few weeks. Sadly, during last Sunday's service, they got a phone call to say that Nigel's mother had died. She was 100 years old. But we ask, please, to keep them in our thoughts and prayers at this time of adjustment. Next Sunday, it will be our end of summer celebration. There is still time to send me your photos, your stories, all your hymns. And I'll be honest with you, I so far have four lots of photos and one hymn. It's going to be a mighty short service if I don't get a few more requests in. So please do. Um, If you've forgotten about it, you know, I'll I'll live with photos coming in to the middle of the week. I really could do with the hymns if you've got a hymn choice as soon as possible. Next Sunday morning, um, also, I'm going to invite you, if you would like to, and if the weather's fit, to join me in the Botanics after the service for a picnic. Whether you've come on site or on Zoom, if you happen to be practically able to get to the Botanics by 12.31 o'clock, next Sunday morning and it's not bucketing with rain you're very welcome to join us for a picnic but now it's going to be over to Jean who's going to light our candle for us as we gather for worship let us join together to become the body of Christ Christ is the light that lights our way. May we glimpse Christ's light this day. Let us come into God in prayer, let us pray. Hello God, it's us here. You know, Hillhead Baptist Church. We are so glad that wherever we are, you are right here with each one of us. And you're right here with everyone else who is on site or online. We thank you for this day and for the opportunity to worship you. Joining our hearts and minds with those of countless other people all around the world. To say thank you for the things that have been a blessing. To say sorry for anything we now regret. To bring our prayers for others and for each other. Yet it can be really hard to feel close to you. The pressures of everyday life crowd in, filling our minds with anxious thoughts and our hearts with powerful emotions. The necessary practicalities of gathering distract us from focusing on you wherever and however we meet. With the psalmist, we may find ourselves asking, where, oh, where are you, our God? And so, God, we remind ourselves of your promises, that in the midst of confusion and complexity, you're present, even when only two or three gather together, that you give us your spirit to comfort, empower and inspire us, and that Jesus is with us always, even to the end of time. As we gather today, seeking to learn more of what it means to be your beloved children, growing in faith and in grace, we offer you our prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, what in heaven. As it's back to school Sunday, school in a loose sense of the word, um, I did (coughs) contact various folk to see if they wanted to share anything as they go back to school. And I I wondered if any of our children or young people um, wanted to. Now, if they haven't prepared anything or they don't want to, that's totally fine. Or if people have forgotten it, that is totally fine as well. Um, But we have a few of our young folk around. So did any of you want to share anything? If not, that's fine. No, looking like people don't want to share. That's totally fine. Not a problem. So the questions I I, I kind of asked our young folk to think about of various ages is what they're looking forward to about going back to school or college or whatever. And we're going to come on to adults in education a bit later on and um, something that they're worried about. So as we haven't got that many of our younger folk with us, I'm going to ask you online and on site, what do you think might be things that concern our children and young people as they go back to school. Um, If you're online, you'll need to unmute to answer that. If you're on site, just please feel free to shout out and I'll repeat it back. So what might be a concern? And if you're a young person online or on site and you want to shout out a concern, that's fine too. Margaret. Thank you. So Margaret says that that one of the things that might be a concern is the pressures that are on our young folk nowadays that didn't exist when she was at school, didn't exist when I was at school, um, which was was a long time ago as well, but uh, thank you. Okay, what else might be a concern for children or youngsters? Freya? Um, Making friends or getting
1: along with people.
0: Thank you. So making friends or getting along with people, especially I expect if you're going somewhere new or into new classes or, or new new groups. Um, Alan, do you think you waved at me? Yes. I was just thinking they really are insecure about whether the school
2: is going to remain open with this possibility yep. of strikes?
0: So yeah. so concerns about what will school look like. Will school be open um, after two years of disruption due to the pandemic, now potentially disruption due to strikes or industrial action. That's 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 another good one. Anybody on, online want to offer anything in? No. Okay, that's fine. Oh, sorry, Joan. The ones in primary seven where have been the big fish, going into secondary and becoming the little fish. Yep, so those who have been in primary seven, um, who've now moved up to secondary school, and they've been the, the big fish, they've been the ones who were at the top of the school, they're now the little fish right at the bottom of the school, and very often a much bigger school, and you have to move around between lessons and things that perhaps you didn't do before. So a lot of things that can be a concern for children and young people. Now, they probably aren't new things. They're probably not things that you couldn't have listed if I'd asked you to sit at home and list them. But it's good sometimes that we name these things explicitly within worship, because that way we are collectively saying them and collectively committing to do our best to support each other the truth is of course we're not superheroes we we all get scared and bothered about things so we're going to sing a song that talks about that Um, we've used it a few times over the years there's a chorus and a verse and then the chorus again if i remember correctly god's people aren't super brave superheroes if you want to do the actions you're very welcome have thought a little bit about the things that might be of concern to children and young people going back to school. And there's some pretty heavy stuff in there, especially for small children going to school, perhaps for the first time, or people changing schools. But we also are very, very blessed in our congregation to have a number of people whose work is in education, and again, a number of those are not able to be with us this morning, but, but some are. So I asked them the same questions. What are you looking forward to and what are your concerns? Now, I don't know if any of those have had a chance to think about that or want to speak to it. Um, if they do, that's fine. But if they don't, I'm going to do the same as I did a moment ago. Our teachers- Yes. Yeah. This is adult. Yeah. Adults in education. <laughs> teachers. Yes. So. Yes. Go for it, Lena. I'm looking forward to meeting new students. Hopefully, at the Scottish Baptist College, all those new people who are coming. So, so Lena, as as part of the Scottish Baptist College, is looking forward to meeting new students. And of course, you know, we are. We have huge connections with the Scottish Baptist College that we now have most of your. Staff either in our church or on or the edges of our church. So that, that's a really strong link for us. So that's good to hear that excitement. And concerns, Lena? Oof. <laughs> that was a very loud oof, which I can't quite do in a Lithuanian cross-Scottish accent. But yeah. Um, OK, so other people, who either who are in education or... What might be the concerns for teachers... Classroom assistants, support workers, librarians, administrative people, people who work in education, what might be concerns for them going back to school this year, or college or university or whatever?:. Okay. Okay, so issues around pay and strikes and cost of living. Thank you, Katrina. Uh, Ken?
2: Well, at college, and it's a long time, it's, it's, it's a right? There was always changes going
0: on, changes in the curriculum, changes in the student population, changes in what the government wanted from you, what the market wanted, and so on. You had to take account of all of these things, and yeah. the teachers had to do a lot of um, you know, quick thinking and uh, intensive action to cope with it. Thank you. Thank it was very So thanks, Ken. So a mixture of of lots of pressures: pressures around new students, constantly changing curriculums, constantly changing expectations from the powers that be, uh, the government or the the college structures, university structures themselves. But also um, some rewards in there as well. Yeah. So I think we need, you know, we we recognise and we want to honour all those who work in education amongst us. Um, in formal education who are who are amongst us as a congregation and again we will be holding you in our prayers and um, it's not always easy to, to be working in education in any shape whether you're the little child who's just starting school or you're the teacher who's been spent half your summer holidays preparing for the thing or whatever it is so we're going to sing another hymn it's another psalm which I hope will um just give us a little bit of encouragement as we think about that oh lord you search me and you know me To listen for God's voice in scripture first and is going to read for us and then Freya
3: I Paul am on special assignment for Christ carrying out God's plan laid out in the message of life by Jesus I write this to you Timothy the son I love so much all the best from our God and Christ be yours every time I say your name in prayers which is particularly all the time I thank God for you. The God I worship with my whole life in the tradition of my ancestors. I miss you a lot, especially when I remember the last tearful goodbye. And I look forward to a joy packed renewing in. The precious memory triggers another. Your honest faith and what a rich, rich faith it is. Handed down from your grandmother Louise to your mother, Eunice, and now to you and the special gift of ministry you received when I laid hands on you and prayed. Keep their blaze. God doesn't want us to be shy with his gifts, but bold and loving and sensible.
1: The next reading is from Samuel 1, chapter 3, verses 1 to 20. The boy Samuel was Eli's helper and served the Lord with him. At that time, the Lord did not speak directly to people very often. There were very few visions. Eli's eyes were getting so weak that he was almost blind. One night, he went to his room to go to bed. The special lamp in the Lord's temple was still burning, so Samuel lay down in the temple near where the holy box was. The Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered him, "'Here I am.'" Samuel thought Eli was calling him, So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I didn't call you, go back to bed. So Samuel went back to bed. Again the Lord called, Samuel. Again Samuel ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Eli said, I didn't call you, go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord, because the Lord had not spoken directly to him before. The Lord called Samuel the third time. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Finally, Eli understood that the Lord was calling the boy. Eli told Samuel, Go to bed. If he calls you again, say, Speak, Lord. I am your servant and I am listening. So Samuel went back to bed. The Lord came and stood there. He called as he did before, saying, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel said, Speak, I am your servant, and I am listening. The Lord said to Samuel, I will soon do things in Israel that will shock anyone who hears about them. I will do everything I said I would do against Eli and his family, everything from the beginning to the end. I told Eli I would punish his family forever. I will do this because Eli knew his sons were saying and doing bad things against God but he failed to control them. That is why I swore an oath that sacrifices and offerings will never take away the sins of the people in Eli's family. Samuel lay down in bed until the morning came. He got up early and opened the doors of the Lord's house. Samuel was afraid to tell Eli about the vision. But Eli said to Samuel, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, yes, sir. Eli asked, what did God say to you? Do not hide it from me. God will punish you if you hide anything from the message he spoke to you. So Samuel told Eli everything. He did not hide anything from him. Eli said, He is the Lord. Let him do whatever he thinks is right. The Lord was with Samuel while he grew up. He did not let any of Samuel's messages prove false. Then all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was a true prophet of the Lord.
0: I'm sure we have all used many times or heard many times the saying, every day is a school day. It's one of those responses, isn't it, to a newly discovered fact or insight, often something quite trivial and that arises in general conversation. Whilst we've been thinking a little bit about those learning and teaching and how that's undertaken in formal settings like schools, colleges and universities, The readings we've heard from scripture take us to domestic settings. A story of a young man called Timothy and a young boy called Samuel. Unfortunately, I couldn't find any parallel stories about girls. There aren't so many there, are there? Timothy was a young man who the Apostle Paul came to regard as a spiritual son. A person in whom he saw the potential to become a great leader and to whom he acted as a teacher and mentor. In this brief extract of one of the letters that Paul wrote to Timothy, we granted an important glimpse into a much bigger story as we're told the names of Timothy's mother, Eunice, and his grandmother, Lois. And it is these women, rather than any formal education system that Paul thinks as significant. It's not that Paul is denying the value of education. We know because he tells us quite clearly that Paul was a very educated man. But he recognises and celebrates the informal learning that arises in everyday life. The stuff that our grandmothers and our mothers, grandfathers and fathers pass on to us, perhaps almost unknowingly. It could be how to cook, it could be how to clean, it could be elements of faith, but it's also how to live in relation with other people. What we learn at home shapes whether we are kind or cruel, whether we learn to be patient or we become increasingly impatient, whether we are encouragers, team players, listeners, generous, welcoming, or the opposite of any of those things although it is certainly true that between the ages of well whenever you start nursery and whenever you end university or college a lot of children and young people's time is spent in a formal education center it is the home where values and personalities are especially shaped and that's true also when we talk about faith about christianity We meet together for an hour or so a week and for much of the year we operate a Sunday school which is half an hour or something like that that you get a week to share faith and and stories. That's really important but most of our time isn't spent here, most of it is spent at home or elsewhere so that's where the values really become shaped and formed. Now as I was thinking about these things this week I called to mind a poem that I used to have on my wall when I lived in Warrington. Now given that I left left Warrington more than 20 years ago that poem was something that goes back a very very long way. I have updated the language slightly because in its original form it's all in the male because in those days we were told that the male includes the female blah 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 we don't kind of think that way anymore necessarily. So I'm going to read the poem for you slightly adjusted but In each case, whatever gender I use, the other could equally apply, and it may be familiar. If a child lives with criticism, he learns to condemn. If a child lives with hostility, she learns to fight. If a child lives with ridicule, they learn to be shy. If a child lives with shame, he learns to feel guilty. If a child lives with tolerance, she learns to be a patient child. If a child lives with encouragement, they learn confidence. If a child lives with praise, he learns to appreciate. If a child lives with fairness, she learns justice. If a child lives with security, they learn to have faith. If a child lives with approval, he learns to like himself. If a child lives with acceptance and friendship, she learns to find love in the world. So today we give thanks for parents and for grandparents, for foster parents and kinship carers, whose informal teaching has enabled us and will enable the next generation to learn how to live healthy lives as whole human beings and to discover what it means to follow Jesus. Perhaps as we heard that poem, we found areas where we think, actually, I could still do with growing or developing in that area. Or maybe that is a way I could enable other people to grow. Always worth thinking about these things, I think. And then there's the story of Samuel, which many of us will have known since our childhood days, delighting in the way God's voice speaks to a young boy and wakes him up. It's a great story when we're children or young adults, assuring us that God values us, and that it's possible that God's got something really special for us to do. The trouble is, as I read it this week, as somebody who by the end of this year will have hit 60 It's quite troubling because I'm forced to put myself in the place of Eli. I am rapidly becoming, whether I like it or not, an old woman. And I am at least some kind of a faith leader. So when morning comes, Eli and Samuel get up and you can feel the tension in the air. Eli can see that that Samuel's anxious about something. Maybe he's not making eye contact. Maybe he's not eating his breakfast. Maybe he's looking away. And so the words he says to Samuel sound really quite scary. Tell me what God has said to you, because if you don't, God will punish you. Now, frankly, that's not the kind of image of God that I'd want to be teaching to our children or young people, but it certainly reflects the culture in which the story is set. And maybe... Samuel is trembling, shivering and shaking, wondering that Eli's going to be angry with him or reject the message that God's given him, saying, oh, you just made that up. But taking his courage in both hands, he reports back what he's heard God say. And what is really striking is that Eli accepts it. Perhaps he knows deep down, actually, this is truth, this is the case I haven't ...brought up my sons perhaps as I would. Perhaps there are consequences to the way I've lived. Scary stuff. But we hear at the end of that very short passage... ...that Samuel's words are always proved to be true. He is a true prophet of God. And if we read on through 1 Samuel... Uh, and ...we would discover that he, he spoke truth to, to the Saul, King Saul... ...and he spoke truth to King David... And repeatedly, he had to speak difficult things to powerful men. So what I seem to be hearing as I read that, and it's not particularly comfortable, but it is a truth. And maybe it's what God is saying to us and to the church, the whole church, worldwide church with a big C, is listen to the children and young people because they have truths that you need to hear. I reminded that Jesus stood a child in the middle of a crowd of people and said, this is who you need to learn from, this is who you need to become like if you want to be fully part of my kingdom, my work. I want to share with you a couple of examples of ways that our children and young people have spoken truth to me and therefore to us over a number of years. But the last six years two particular examples strike stand out one of them was quite early after we'd moved into the hotel and I I came across these single-use communion glasses plastic communion glasses that you get and I thought that's brilliant we've got no facilities to wash up properly isn't this great we can use these And, and I shared it with the managers and we thought yeah that's a good idea And one of our young people came to me after a service, taking their courage in both hands, because it's not easy to come to the minister and challenge stuff and said, why are we using these plastic glasses? And I told them, and they said, well, I don't think we should. It's not good for the environment. What I will do if you use the real glasses is I will take them home and wash them. And every month, apart from the two years we've been offline, off-site, every month since then, that young person has taken the glasses home after communion and washed them. Another thing that struck me, I don't know if any people remember it, there was a time early on when we couldn't get into the hotel because they were booked for a conference or something, so we had an away day at Partick Borough Halls. And one of the themes that we chose to explore was around Uh, The environment and ecological matters, and and what we could do as a church. And in one of the small groups, one of the adults got a bit, yeah, but you know, there's not that many of us, are there? I mean, if we turn the lights off, well, it's not going to make a difference, is it? And one of our young people, who at that time was quite a young preteen, just very carefully and gently said, actually if everybody does one little thing all those little bits add up to one big bit and one of the little things that we did back then was we switched the manse energy supplier from one of the big multi-profit places to find a green provider wasn't a huge thing maybe but it makes a difference And we did these things because our young people spoke truth to us. As we continue to emerge from the long, long months of the pandemic and adjust to a very different world, where let's be honest, so much that we took for granted has just crumbled to dust. I find myself asking myself, what might our children and young people have to say to teach us to speak truth to us, to share with us as we learn from God and of God. I've always loved the stories of Samuel and Timothy. And for most of my life, I could put myself in the place of the young Samuel or the young Timothy. But I can't. Now I have to line myself up with Eli Paul, Eunice or Lois? And I have to ask myself the questions, not what is it that I've got to teach to our younger people, but what can I learn from them? I wonder what it means for us as a church community, as we learn with and from each other of all ages and stages as we seek to follow Jesus in this strange world which we are part of. I know that in the weeks ahead, there are going to be really important and difficult questions for us to consider together as we discern, where is God leading us as a church? What does church look like for us post pandemic? And we'll be listening carefully to each other for God's voice. But perhaps, for me at least, I need to be aware that some of that might come from unexpected places, and some of it might be quite uncomfortable and challenging, as well as exciting and encouraging. Paul in Timothy saw a young man with potential, and he gave thanks for the example and the teaching of the previous generations. Eli recognised that God was speaking to a child and was willing to listen to a child who spoke the truths God needed him to hear. Somewhere in all of that is something for each of us to consider. And so with all that in mind, let's join our voices together as we sing our next hymn. Lord, speak to me. God, who teaches and trains us so that we may flourish and thrive, we bring you our prayers for others and for each other. Today, we pray especially for those whose work is in the sphere of education, whether as teachers and lecturers, technicians, assistants, administrators or ancillary staff. We thank you for those whose gifts and skills are employed to enable others to learn and grow, to discover their skills, to gain new understanding and to develop as human beings. Especially today, we pray for those in our church community who teach in our Scottish Baptist College, in a number of universities and in several schools as they begin another academic year. May they each be strengthened for the challenges that lie ahead and find joy in the learning of those they teach. We pray also for those whose work includes the teaching, training, mentoring and supervision of others with less experience that they too will enjoy the roles they undertake and experience growth and flourishing in their own work. We pray for all the children and young people in our church from newborn babies to university students and everywhere in between. As they learn and grow, developing skills and gaining knowledge, may they also grow into the human beings you created them to be, courageous and compassionate. Among our church community, we pray especially for our coffee club. thankful for the support and friendship it offers to those of mostly of mature years. We thank you for the wealth of wisdom and experience they offer. And pray that in the challenges of this complicated season of life, both globally and locally, you would bless them as they continue to bless us. This week, we pray especially for Liz and Douglas, Brian and Anne, Paul P and Mary P, Leslie and Alistair, Grace and Will, Nancy, Lizzie and Petrie, Ian, Elizabeth and Joanna. We thank you for these siblings in Christ. Help us to encourage and support them and to learn from and with them, as together we try to follow Jesus. In our Baptist Union network of churches, we're invited to pray for Kirk and Tillock Baptist Church, as they seek to live out their vision of growing disciples who love Jesus. For Kirkwall Baptist Church, seeking to sow seed in their local community. And for Knightswood Baptist Church, as they consider their vision going forward and how it will shape their life and priorities. In this season of change and new beginnings, please help these siblings to discover new insights into what it means to live their faith in their contexts. BMS World Mission this week invite us to focus on their work in Thailand, a long-term undertaking to reach out to some of the most marginalized and vulnerable people, including children with additional needs, provision of sports clubs among the Karen people, providing safety to those involved in the sex industry and in leading and planting churches. Help them as they share the good news in word and deed to learn from those they serve, demonstrating love and modelling hope. We continue to pray for all national and international leaders, scientists, researchers and advisors who face the complex challenges of climate chaos, ongoing pandemic disease, poverty, war and injustice. Please, please help them to listen carefully. And to learn with humility and compassion how best to respond so that all people may flourish and achieve their full potential as precious and loved human beings. Lastly, we pause in a few moments of quietness to offer our private prayers, asking that as we pray, you will show us how we, in word or deed, may be part of the answers we seek. Accept our prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. We go from here into a week with new challenges and fresh opportunities to learn and grow. May we do so assured that God goes with us, our faithful teacher, mentor, and guide. Amen.